Well, listen, we've been, uh, we've been in our series called One Another, uh, a united church in, in a divided world. And, and I want to read our theme scripture. So we're kicking off week four, but our theme scripture is this, John chapter 13, verse 34. Time out. Before I do that, uh, pause for just a second. If you have not registered for the building banquet that is next week, I can do that now because I have the microphone. Just pause people, Megan. Uh, if you have not registered for the building banquet that's next week, uh, November the 1st, starting at 6 p.m. at Sweet Magnolia Estates, make sure you do that today. All right, we have an iPad out front. Uh, we have o- over 70 people have already registered, which is phenomenal. Uh, but man, I want to see over 100 people there. Uh, not, not because of a number, but because I can then say, hey, here's the building. Everyone's asking me what the pictures look like. Everyone's asking me, hey, can I see pictures? Can I see the renderings? When are we going to be there? If you want the information, just show up November the 1st. All right, we have an online option and we have an in-person option. Uh, Miss Brittany will be outside with the iPad registering people uh, today in the commercial. All right, hey, here we go. Uh, John chapter 13, verse 34, our theme scripture. Let me read it over us. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. By this, people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. A few weeks back, we kicked off this series, and and the first title of the message was When Love Gets Real, and it was this idea of really loving people, of really diving into communities and loving them. And then we went to our next week, and it was Build the House, 1 Thessalonians Uh, Chapter 5, verse 11, so encourage each other and build up each other just as you are already doing. We pointed to the fact that any knucklehead could swing a sledgehammer, but it takes craftsmanship to build a house. It takes us working in unison to build the house. And, And last week we talked about this idea versus pretend love versus fake love. And remember, I had the shoes up here. And if the shoes would have been real, it would have been about $6,000 between two pair of, of Jordans. But the reality of it was they were fake. Romans chapter 12, verse 9 says, Don't just pretend to love others, but really love them. Are we a church that really loves our community, that really loves our neighbor? Let me take it a step further. Are we a church that really loves ourself? And this week, I want to talk about this idea of living in harmony. Living in harmony. If you have your Bibles, uh, turn to Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 16. That'll be uh, the main point of our text today. Let me go ahead and read it for us. Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 16. Scripture is very clear. If you guys haven't noticed the way I preach, I just preach from the Bible. Whatever the Bible says, that's what I preach. So live in harmony. Verse 16, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Don't be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live in peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave rooms for God's wrath, for it's written, it's mine to avenge and I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, this is what God's calling us to to do. If your enemy is hungry... Feed him. If your enemy is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Verse 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but what? Overcome evil with good. 
We talked about last week that there's a lot of evil in our community. There's a lot of evil in our society. And I don't know if there would be anyone in this room that wouldn't say, I want to get rid of all of the evil in the world. So how do we do that? Church, church, how do we get rid of evil in our community? Church, how do we get rid of evil in the surrounding area? And I think scripture is very simple. It's working in harmony and living in harmony with one another. From a musical standpoint, harmony is this. Google.com says this, the combination of simultaneously sounding musical notes to produce chords and chord progressions having a, what, pleasing effect. Not, not just having an effect on someone, but having a pleasing effect. So I thought today uh, we would have a live and in living color. You like that analogy? Darius was the only one that got my analogy this morning. Live and in living color uh, kind of metaphor. So I've got Mr. Paul, Pastor Paul. I've got Miss Nicole and I've got Miss Rachel. If you guys would go ahead and make your way to the front. I've asked them uh, to work on harmonizing for us this morning. Uh, so we're going to see kind of an in-person harmony. Paul, will you let us know what you're singing? Will you get your team together and ready? And then go ahead and perform for us. Yeah. Are you guys ready? Are you guys ready? Ready. All right, here we go. This is the key. Uh, got it? Uh, all right, here we go. Dancing queen, young and sweet, only 17. I can dance. You, you can dance, dance. <laughs> having the time <laughs> of my life. Ooh, see that girl, watch that scene, digging the dancing queen. Come on, give it Let's up. give it up for Paul, Nicole, and Rachel. You guys may be seated. If you, if you couldn't, there is no claps out here. Like, we're, <laughs> no claps for bad harmonizing? Eduardo, did that hurt your soul? It hurt, it hurt your soul. You're, you're, you're a musically inclined person. Can, can you guys tell that they weren't, that clearly, they weren't harmonizing, right? And, and now here, here's the reality. I think what we just saw is, is what society is doing. What we just saw is what the Christian society is doing. So let me take us through some practical applications on what it looks like to harmonize with one another. And then we're going to have these guys come back up at the end and, and they're going to redeem themselves. But our first point is this. We live our lives in harmony when what? Number one, we take our pitch from Jesus. When we take our pitch from Jesus, the first question when you're talking about harmony is harmonizing to what? What are we harmonizing to? And as a Christian society, we're not called to harmonize to anything other than Jesus himself. When you're talking through music and when you're talking through singing, you have to find the starting pitch. And the starting pitch is oftentimes the first chord of the song. And even professional singers have to hear what the first chord to the song is is the disunity that we're experiencing in our society is due to people singing their own chord and their own chord progression. What we're seeing in real time is actually a result of 60 years of postmodern philosophy that says there is no such thing as absolute truth. There's no such thing as absolute truth. We hear people in society saying, I would like to speak my truth. And here's the deal, sweetheart. You can speak your opinion, but your opinion might not be absolute truth. The reality of it is we can have people that have their own opinions, but that might not be absolute truth. So when we talk about absolute truth, I'm not being closed-minded. 
I'm not even being uneducated, but what I am saying is that there is some absolute truth in the world. There is some absolute truth in Scripture that we as Christ's followers must abide by. You say, Pastor Zach, well, give me a real life experience. Okay, well, let me give you a real life experience. There could be someone in the room that says, hey, I have my own absolute truth and that's or I have my own truth. So there is no absolute truth. And you could hear someone say something along the lines of this. I don't believe in gravity. Oh, okay, well, you cannot believe in gravity, but the reality of it is if you step off a cliff, I promise you, you will find gravity before it finds you. The reality of it is there are some absolute truths in the world. Church, I'm going to lean into a message next week, and I'm, I'm going to preach a message before the election. And, and next week, let, let me just say that when I preach this message before the election, what I'm preaching is that we must take our pitch. I saw some eyebrows go up like, what, you're actually going to do that? Yeah, because that's the church and that's what we need to do. Here's the deal. We must take our pitch and our cues from one person, and that's from Jesus. And we hear Jesus' voice in the Bible. The Republican Party is not our starting pitch. The Democratic Party is not our starting pitch. Your emotions are not your starting pitch. What someone types out on Facebook is not your starting pitch. Starting pitch will always be Jesus. And we hear Jesus in and through Scripture. There is only one perfect pitch and His name is Jesus. Number two, we live our lives in harmony when we sing our lyrics from the Word of God. Listen, harmony doesn't work when I'm out of pitch. So we understand that perfect pitch is Jesus and we have to look to the Word for that. We also understand that you cannot harmonize when you try to sing over one another. You kind of notice these three up front. They were all over the place. Some person or one person was louder than the other at any given point. We can't sing over one another when we try to harmonize. We also can't harmonize when we sing notes that are too close together. There is some structure to harmonizing. But, but the biggest point is this. You can't harmonize if you don't know the lyrics. If you don't know the lyrics. So I thought this would be a good analogy. And I was talking with my lovely wife, Jenna, uh, this, this past week in our kitchen. And I was thinking of like those songs that you hear, but you don't really know the full word to or the full lyrics to. So you'll be sitting in the car with someone, you're driving down the road, and then husband and wife, like you start singing the song. And then inevitably it happens, like you look at one another, like, what did you just sing? Because that's not the lyrics. And then you have like this argument, like, no, 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 like my, my lyrics are right and your lyrics are wrong. So I was talking to Jenna and I was like, babe, like help me come up with some songs that, that you can kind of, um, you can kind of confuse the lyrics with one another and people sing the wrong uh, lyrics too. And she looked at me with kindness in her heart and said, babe, it's every song that you sing in the car. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I know the words, the song. And I, I don't. And it's like, I'll be singing and it's like the, the lyric will come across and I'll sing something wrong. And without skipping a beat, I'll go, whoops, and you just keep singing like the rest of the song. But, but it happens. So let me throw out a couple songs that I think that people confuse sometimes. The first one is very simple. I think people have made fun of Justin Timberlake since he came out with this or since he sang this song. It's going to be... May, right? Like, it's going to be May. Like, no, he's saying me, but why do you have to, like, elongate it and say May? So every May we get these annoying Instagram posts of Justin Timberlake's face, and it says it's going to be May. Well, no, it's me. It's me. Let me hit another demographic. Dancing Queen. 
Where's my Dancing Queen fans? Anybody? They, I, thank you, Miss Leanne, my mother-in-law. Thank you, Miss Dawn. All right, so let me let me read the or let me sing the lyrics. See that girl? Somebody finish it for me. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and finish it after that. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead and try to finish it. Yeah. What else though? Yeah, so y'all are wrong. It's, it's watch. It's watch. Or this is what I thought it said. I actually typed it out. Here's me uh, telling on myself. See that girl. This is what I typed out. See that girl. I was playing it in my head. Watch her scream, kicking the dancing queen. Not it at all. It wasn't it. Then I went to my friend Google, and Google says, "See that girl. Watch that scene. Dig in the dancing queen. Dig in the dance. I will never forget it. Now, here, here's here's another one. Here's another one." Elton John, my boy. Rocket Man. Somebody finish that. Rocket Man. Uh, yeah, exactly. Something about some cheap cologne, right? Like, anybody, does anybody know it? So that, that, is, that is close, but that's not, that's not 100%. This is what I thought it was. I wrote it down. Burning out of fuel and pheromones. Definitely not pheromones. I almost put cheap cologne, but I knew that was wrong. It's burning out his fuse up here alone. So we hear these lyrics and we think we know them, but I think what we just demonstrated is what we're seeing a lot of Christians do in society. They, they sing loudly. They just don't know the full lyrics. That They sing their preference. They sing their point of view, but they don't know what Scripture really says. See, we overcome evil when we harmonize, but we can't harmonize unless we know the lyrics. Church, our starting point will always be the B-I-B-L-E. Anybody remember singing that as a kid? It'll always be, it'll always be the Bible. Not getting stuck on our individual preferences or our personalized lyrics. You say, okay, okay Pastor, I, I, I get that. We we can harmonize by knowing the lyrics, and, and the Bible is our lyrics, but what are the real lyrics? What does the Bible really say about some of the issues that we're facing at, as society? Not, not the ones that I've been making up, not the ones that have been making me feel good. Number three, we live our lives in harmony when I don't have to be the lead singer. Church, you and I were never meant to be the lead singer. You and I were never meant to play center stage. Scripture says this, but don't be proud. Be willing to associate with people of low position. Don't be conceited. Listen, I'm going to hit some music references and, and some other references for you, but here's the reality. Every axle needed a slash. Anybody get that one? Every fresh prince needed his DJ Jazzy Jeff. Every hall needs his oats. Every righteous needs the rest of his brothers. Listen, Diana Ross wasn't supreme by herself. JT needed sync. Every Brooks need is done. Beyonce still needed Destiny's child and Sonny still needed share. The list goes on and on and on. We're called to play a part, to play the role. But the reality of it is our role was never to be the lead singer. Our role was to never make up the lyrics as we go. We're always called to take the lead from Jesus himself. Number four, we live our lives in harmony when we let God deal with the off-key singers. When we let God deal with the, the off-key singers, let me read Scripture because we'll always go to Scripture. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. For real, like, because I'm really good at getting even with people. In fact, I don't just get even. I kind of get ahead. But Scripture says don't repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone if it's possible as far as 
as it depends on you. Live at peace with everyone. Don't take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it's written, wrath is mine to avenge, and I'll repay it, says the Lord. On the contrary, your role is, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. And in doing this, you'll heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So then we have to ask the question, how do we defeat evil without actually repaying it? See, this doesn't mean that we ignore evil. said it last week. Remember, that's one of the first signs of counterfeit or fake love. This doesn't mean that we have to put up with evil. In fact, it doesn't even mean that we're weak. It doesn't even mean that we, that we don't seek to defeat evil itself. But when we overcome evil, when I do my part, I actually have to trust God to do His part. We fall into evil when we try to do God's part. When we try to be the lead singer. So I thought that I would give these guys uh, a second chance. So if we have, uh, Miss Tiffany, are you coming up here to play the, oh, he's got it. Paul's got it. Oh, you got like the perfect pitch note. So we're, we're going we're gonna to give these guys a second chance to harmonize. And this is what I noticed this morning as these guys are getting ready. Um, I, I noticed this and I kind of threw it on. I said, hey, guys, I, I want you to sing one, one line at a time. Like I wanted Paul to sing his part, and then I wanted Nicole to sing her part, and then I wanted Rachel to sing her part. But the reality of it is when I asked them to sing that way, they couldn't do it. It, it was hard. And Coley even said, it's almost impossible to harmonize if I can't hear Paul sing his part. It, it's almost impossible to harmonize if I don't hear us working together. And I think that's what we can take away as a church. We can talk about harmonizing all we want, but it takes us working together. It takes us hearing from each other, but ultimately it takes us hearing the pitch from heaven. So guys, if you could take it away. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. Can we give it up for these guys one more time? Hey, before you move, before you move, let me, me kind of lean into this for a second. If you notice what just happened. Paul heard the pitch from his phone. He got the perfect pitch. And then Paul started singing, but where were, where were Nicole and Rachel's eyes? They were on Paul. They had to stay fixed on Paul. Are our eyes staying fixed on Jesus? Are we just trying to get the words of Scripture and then speak it in our own language? Are we trying just to get the words of Scripture and then do our own thing and, and kind of package it in a different way? Or are we always keeping our eyes fixated on Jesus as we're harmonizing with what He's telling us? Let's give it up for these guys one more time. Let me, let me ask you this. Does anybody have, have something, someone like this in their family? That when, they're, when you're on the road trip, right, and when you're singing, and, and oftentimes I will admit this is me in the truck as I'm driving, uh, especially to any country song that comes on the radio. Like I just start blasting like my voice as loud as it can go, and I start singing and jamming out. Your boy can't sing, all right? So I hit 
bad notes. Does anybody else? Come on, be honest with me. Anybody? Thank you. I appreciate you for being honest. Who else hits bad notes? Yeah. All right, listen, if you're not raising your hand because you don't think you hit bad notes, you better start signing up for the worship team. And you better start singing on Sunday if you think you sing that good. All right? Preach it a little bit. Preach it, pastor. Preach, preacher. Paul's like, please sign up. We need more. But here's the reality. We have people that, that in, in our family unit, that they, they hit some off-key notes. And there's that one person that's just not a gifted singer. <laughs> everybody's replaying it in their head like, yeah, that's, that's me. In fact, I hear some of you guys, well, I can't say that because you were behind me this morning. I don't mean that. But if you sit in this section and you sing out loud, I hear you in the morning. Why do you think I get way up here and I stand in front of everybody? So y'all get, but, but there's people in life that they're, they're, just, they're just not gifted singers and, that, and that's okay. But let me ask you this. Let me take it a step further. What about when it's not just about hitting the right note on a road trip? What about when it's hitting the wrong note in life? Somebody talked bad about you and it made you feel a certain way. Somebody hit the wrong note in life and they've hurt you. Somebody hit the wrong note in life and they offended you. Every time you see them, every time you think about them, it's like that screeching voice in your head. See, the temptation is this. The temptation is to say, I don't know about you, but sometimes I want to go straight to you will heap burning coals on their head. I like that part of scripture. I like when somebody says something about me that I'm going to get even if you're if you send a nasty text message to me. Like more often than not, I probably actually type a bad text message out and I just have to make sure I delete it before I actually send it. Because if somebody sends a bad text message to me, I want to type something out really quick. If you say something about me on Facebook, then I want to say something else about you and your mama and your kids and everybody else that's in your family. And I want, to, I want to get ahead. That's just the type of tendency that I have. But when I choose revenge, when I choose to revenge or to kind of get, get uh, back to someone else, I actually take my eyes off of Jesus and I start singing my own note. And then I wonder this question in my life. I wonder why I'm so out of harmony. I wonder why I don't have joy. Listen, if I focus on revenge, then I'm like, well, why, don't I, why do people not like me? Well, if I focus on revenge, why don't I have joy in my life? If I focus on revenge, then why do, I, why do I not have peace? If I focus on revenge, then why do I not have harmony? If I focus on revenge, why do I not have anointing or, or, or blessing? It's because I'm focusing on revenge and my eyes got off of Jesus and they got on getting back even with someone. When we choose revenge, that doesn't help the situation at all. When we choose revenge, what we do is say, we say, you know what, God, I'll, I'll take care of it. I'll handle it. Hey, you, you know what, God? And in fact, um, Jesus being the lead singer isn't sufficient. So when I want to focus on revenge, I'm just going to move Jesus out of the way and, and let me take front and center because I feel like I can probably do a little better than, than you are. We would never say something like that out loud. But how often do our lives reflect that message? How often does our life reflect getting revenge on someone opposed to following Jesus? It's very simple. We've talked about this a few months ago, and we talked about the idea of, of tradition, and Roman soldiers could, could ask uh, Jewish individuals to carry their gear for a mile. 
And Jesus looks at people and he says, hey, don't just carry it for a mile, but actually carry it too. And then we just saw it in our theme scripture. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. And doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Not getting revenge is just the first step. Let me, let me actually go back and talk about an Egyptian practice. It's funny how things in Scripture align to speak to different cultures and in different seasons. The interpretation of heaping burning coals on, on your enemy's head refers to an Egyptian practice of someone carrying a container of burning coals on their head, which actually symbolizes repentance. So the concept of heaping burning coals on someone's head wasn't to harm them or to hurt them. It was actually a symbol of leading them to repentance. Isn't that ultimately what we're called as Christ followers to do? It's not to get even with someone, but it's to lead them to Jesus. It's not to get our point across. It's to lead them to Jesus. You know, I, when I was putting this sermon together, I was like, I like that heaping burning coals. That sounds like, yeah, let's go. I'm a Marine. Let's do it, right? But the reality of it is, in that phrase alone, is just leading someone to Jesus. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 22, or 21 through 22, actually adds something on the end of the phrase that we've been saying. So let me read Proverbs chapter 25, starting in verse 21. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. It's the same scripture. If, you're, if he's thirsty, give him something to drink. And doing this, you will heat burning coals on his head. But Proverbs 22 actually adds this little asterisk. And the Lord will reward you. And the Lord will reward you. wonder how many times we're looking at just getting revenge. And when we get revenge, we take our eyes off Jesus. When we take our eyes off Jesus, then the Lord can't reward us. What does reward from heaven look like? It looks like a life in harmony with the Father. It looks like a family in harmony. It looks like a church in harmony. But in order for us to harmonize, we have to play our role. In order for us to harmonize, we have to leave, lead, leave Jesus at center stage. So let me ask a couple questions with every head bowed. And every eye closed. Man, there might be people in the room that you started singing a, a note of offense or you started singing a note of revenge or you really haven't had your life aligned with Jesus when it comes to responding to certain issues or certain circumstances that you're facing. And, and the reality of it is the season that we're in, we have a lot of things to respond to right now. Church, I'm not saying that we shouldn't respond to certain issues. I'm saying that we should respond the way Jesus asked us to respond. Maybe you're in the room and you say, Pastor, or maybe you're in the overflow right now and you're saying, Pastor, and that's, that's me. I'm following you, but, but my responses might not be. I've given you my life, but my responses might not be aligning with what your scripture says. If that's you all across this room on the count of three, would you just slip up your hand and we're going to pray. Ready? One, two, three. You say, Pastor, I just need to respond 
the way the Bible tells me to respond. Amen. 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 Lord, I pray that we would respond the way your word tells us to respond. Lord, you see the hearts, you see the hands. And as we navigate through this season, I pray that we would be a church that responds from Scripture. We would be a church that responds from your word. Keeping you at center stage. And then maybe you're in this room and you say, Pastor, man, I want to live a life of harmony with Jesus. I want to live a life of harmony with his word. And, and I want to live a life of harmony with all of these people that say that they follow you. Maybe you're feeling it for the first time in your heart and you say, man, I, I need that relationship with Jesus. I'm longing for that relationship with Jesus. And what better day to make the decision than today? See, here at Multiply Lake Norman, we believe that the most, most important decision you could ever make in your entire life is to step into a relationship with Jesus. If that's you, I'm going to count it to three again. I'm going to ask you to slip up your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you or call you up front. I'm just going to say a quick prayer and ask you to pray it with me. On the count of three, if that's you, ready? One, two, three. All across this room, you say, Pastor, that's me. I need to harmonize with Jesus. Amen. Amen. In overflow, we have people that are watching for those hands as well. And then if we could all say this prayer collectively, could we say, Jesus, I need you in my life. Take center stage. Help me to harmonize with you. Help me to live wide awake to your love and fully alive to my purpose. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.